Today's episode of Birds All Day is brought to you by Game Time. All right, folks, time for a pop quiz. Do you think baseball tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download Game Time in the App Store or Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last minute tickets. Hey, what's up? Greetings, have a good day, and welcome to Birds All Day. Again, here we are outside the paywall for you on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. We're happy to be here talking to you about your Toronto Blue Jays. This week, we have a very special interview. We talked to John Lott, who, of course, is also of The Athletic, but is also probably the best Blue Jays writer that there is, a man who tells incredible uh, and and stories you're not going to find anywhere else, stories that may not otherwise get told. So it was our pleasure to talk with John about his uh, recent chat with John Gibbons, about his view uh, on the front office, and also the, the, the catchers of the future, which again, John Lott, uh, you may remember some stories that he wrote about uh, Russell Martin and Luke Maley, uh, John, who was a longtime catcher himself uh, when he was on the baseball field. So uh, it was great to talk to John, and it's not something he does very often, so I hope that you enjoy it as much as we do. If you enjoy what it is that we do here on Birds All Day, I'm going to need you to go to theathletic.com slash birdsallday. Sign up. You can get the full ad-free show. You can hear Stone and I talk about uh, his plans to fix the Blue Jays. We can hear, you can hear us ruminate on the job that Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins have done as maybe their contracts are coming to the close. So if you aren't already an athletic subscriber, head on over, get that discount, hit that hit that link I provided before. It'll be in the description for the show and get all the full episode ad free. I should add of birds all day, but with no further ado, here is Stoughton and I talking with the athletics, John Lott on birds all day. It is truly our pleasure at this time to be joined by probably the most interesting and uh, the writer, the Blue Jays writer who continually puts out the most interesting stories. When you see his name on a byline, you know you're getting something very special. It is our pleasure at this time to be joined by Mr. John Lott. John, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Uh, You're welcome. I know this isn't something that you do too often, so we're going to try to try to do our very best. We've got our most professional shoes on. Uh, it's good. We're going straight ahead. So the story that I, uh, I saw, you know, a lot of people talking about, a lot of people sharing, of course, the story you wrote this week was an interview with John Gibbons. So uh, in, even since the time that the that it ran, they, there is now another job vacancy in baseball that uh maybe maybe mr john gibbons might uh, throw his hat in the ring or sorry put his name in the hat i believe is the word is the, ter- the phrase that he used uh you know <laughs> in talking to him you get the sense that uh that he really he's really eager and really wants to get back out there or is it he's sort of in a position in his life where it's more about finding the best spot or, or the right fit uh to to get back in there and get back in the dugout 
Oh, I think it's clearly uh, he wants to manage again, and I don't think he's particular about where. I mean, if he were to if he were to get the Phillies job, what a what a contrast it would be between one season and the next <laughs> for those guys. My God. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, he um, he definitely wants to manage again. I mean, you know, as I wrote, I, he he's he's picked three organizations um, where he has he has connections but uh, yeah I don't think it's a matter of uh, being you know desperate to get just any job but I think that Mm -hmm. you know if it's if it's a managing job and he gets an offer I mean I think he'll jump all over it do you think I mean the trend in baseball and you kind of talked about this is uh you know younger and younger guys men who are way much uh, much closer to their playing career uh John's a little bit older but also he's hardly a um uh you know a, a kind of cranky old guy as you as you spoke to him about he's not anti analytics by any stretch of the imagination he's not uh he's not uh, not an old crank he's a he's a guy who's you know, did the job. He's always been a player's manager. Do you think that there's still a, a place for him, a place for someone like like uh, John Gibbons to to take the helm of a team, if it's a young team, a veteran team, of if such a thing still exists in, in baseball today? Well, as a cranky old guy myself, uh, I certainly, <laughs> I certainly uh, would hope that there's room for him. But I, I do have my doubts. Uh, I think he, as I wrote in the story, I don't think I think he's a he's a real long shot. Uh, in part because I think that he would chafe under uh, the trend of top-down management. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, as as you guys know, uh, that the tradition of the manager having having the the final say on. Uh, on the way the team is run, uh, I think I think that's passed. Uh, uh, I think that uh, you know John is a he's he's very much old school, and I think where he he talks about not being anti analytics, uh, uh, let's just say he is he is not uh, head over heels in love with analytics and. Uh, and I, I wondered as I wrote the piece whether what what I was writing was going to even further uh, negate his prospects because you know when he talks about leaving pitchers in until until they uh, they say they're 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 ready to leave uh, you know obviously uh, that is not in in tune with what's going on today. I feel like at the same time he is, um, you know, he, he acknowledges there. He seems very practical in his application of of analytics or his his perspective on them. He he recognizes that yeah, the third time through the lineup is uh, guys get whacked around, so it's it's kind of a, a bit of an expiry date for most starting pitchers. But you know, as you as he mentions, he can see with his own eyes if someone's really dealing, if they're if they're pitching well, if people are not making bats or not taking good at bats or whatever against him. Um, I wonder if there might be an opportunity, you know, with. A because a guy like John Gibbons, who is is an older manager who has more experience, but maybe isn't in the same um, price category as you know Joe Madden or Joe Girardi or um, you know even like Dusty Baker, who's a name that people are throwing around a lot given his um, you know kind of development as a manager. Maybe John Gibbons would be there to to 
serve as a bit of a counterbalance to these this wave of young guys who might get in over their heads and uh, aren't quite ready for the rigors and the and the decision making and just always having to be the guy that makes the decision. I I, I don't know. I, my hope and I and I I, I don't want to put words in your mouth but it seems like you your suggestion is yet there's there's always should be a, a room for a guy like john gibbons in baseball and, and hopefully um the right opportunity comes around i mean i think there that should opportunity be out there yeah yeah mm-hmm. i think there should be room for a guy like him uh i i wonder and and this is not uh, this is not me advocating for one thing or another but mm-hmm. i i wonder given the trend uh, in baseball, whether he might be uh, better suited uh, uh, for, you know, a bench coach job. You know, I mean, you look at, for example, the Blue Jays uh, yeah. brought in Dave Hudgens as a bench coach, uh, an older guy, uh, not at all old school in terms of, you know, in terms of analytics. I mean, look where he came from. But uh, yeah. I still think that his his age and his experience uh, made him a good fit for the bench coach job here. And maybe, you know, maybe Gibby's age and experience might uh, might be a, a good fit. But it would, it would depend on the team. It would depend on management's philosophy. Philosophy, You know, it would depend on the general manager, uh, what, that, what the general manager is looking for. Uh, I mean, and I think, you know, you have to erase two teams right away because – Madden and, and Girardi are going to get jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you listen, as I've been listening to Girardi calling playoff games, I mean, you just see the way his mind works. And he is he's quick. He's smart. He's agile. Uh, I think he combines uh, those qualities that of, of old and new. So, you know, those two guys are definitely going to get jobs. And, uh, and then the rest, it kind of remains to be seen. But... You know, I mean, for me, uh, I've never quite figured out how to assess how good a manager is. Uh, uh, You know, what I've never, for example, I've never quite figured out whether John Givens is a good manager or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because most of the teams he had, except for those two, he didn't have good teams, just like about just about every other Blue Jays manager. Uh, they didn't have good teams. So uh, it, it all depends on the horses you've got. Uh, uh, to me, a guy who, who is, co- is managing a, a tanking team uh, doesn't necessarily is, is not necessarily a worse manager than somebody who's in the playoffs. Uh, it's just that we we tend to associate, the quality of a manager with uh, the one lost record. Uh, mm-hmm. I was looking up a, a story today. I was digging for something else when I came across an old story I'd written. Actually, I think it was the first story I ever wrote for The Athletic in 2016 about, about uh, Gibbons. And there was a quote in there in which he said, I hope... Uh, you know, I hope my... Uh, the inscription on my, my tombstone doesn't include my one lost record. Uh, and, and, I, and I thought, yeah, because like the way I look at Gibby, it's, I look at the man, I look at the guy I know, and, and I separate the guy I know from whether he's a good manager or not. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I've got a blind spot about the man, 
Uh, and I really am not judgmental about the kind of manager he is. I mean, uh, he, I think he's handled, he's handled different kinds of teams, but his best teams were the veteran teams that went to the postseason. Uh, I don't think that necessarily means he was a better manager those years. No, that's exactly right. I think, I mean, I, I look back to some of the early teams like 2008, where those were, I think in a lot of ways, those were great teams too, that teams that were really in tough in the division and also teams that just sort of fell short um, of what they were capable or what they could have been capable of or what they, um, you know, how they could have performed if the ships fell a little bit differently. Um, and it, it, uh, in some ways, it's easy to 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 put that and throw that at the feet of the manager. But I think that it's and I think I, I appreciate your I'll use the word again, practical kind of perspective in that uh, when we're judging managers, we're almost always acting with incomplete information. We don't know the background to a lot of the pitching decisions and some of the other um, uh, tactical things that they may do in the game. I mean, there are some things that. You know, you do that, or that's a bad idea, and it works out. The, the the Cardinals scored ten runs in the first inning the other day. When the second in the same inning, when the second batter of the game gave himself up, um, sometimes the things just go your way, and I think that often, like you said, and like John Gibbons seems to agree, um, uh, you know, that isn't reflected necessarily in the win loss record. Now, uh, if I'll ask you real quickly, maybe what rather than judge him on his performance, what are your impressions of uh, covering Charlie Montoyo? For the first time, you know, first time manager in the big leagues, and uh, and you getting to know uh, somebody else who's who's learning on the job. I really have a hard time, uh, you know, assessing what kind of manager he is. I mean, he had a terrible team. He's mm-hmm. he's. I think people like playing for him. I think he's uh, he's a very upbeat guy. Uh, I have moments, and he's never he's never even off the record complained about. Uh, any kind of top-down, uh, you know, any kind of decisions being dictated to him. But mm-hmm. I, I've kind of, in reading between the lines at times, I, I, I wonder if he knew, if he fully understood what he was getting into in that regard. Uh, you know, when you, I mean, he's he's been in difficult positions when he's had to defend, for example, resting uh, Vlad so often, and I don't mean just Victoria Day, uh, mm-hmm. and you know. But his his answer back then was, "Well, we have a schedule." In effect, what he was saying was, "We have a schedule of days off for guys." Mm-hmm. Well, how many guys had as many days off as Vlad? Uh, so there's, it's not like you're rotating days off on, on any kind of consistent basis. It's based on the guy, and it's based on what high performance. Um, how the high performance assesses what that guy needs, uh, but I mean, how many, how many, how many times after days off has Vlad gone over five? You know, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I, I, that's a hypothetical. I don't know the answer to that. I just know that there have been times when he's he's come off a day off, and and uh, you know, I I wonder if it's really really helped him. Uh, oh, say I feel like sorry to interrupt, but the you look at his numbers as a DH as well. He was terrible. Yes, terrible exactly. as a DH this year. Yeah. 
so let's move on to the front office then, talking about top-down. So you wrote, uh, I think it might have been last week, about Mark Shapiro. So Mark Shapiro is uh, coming into the final year of his contract, and there have been whispers about other uh, potential jobs, even at jobs outside of baseball. Uh, what is your sense of the plan? I think that the impression of John uh, of Mark Shapiro is such that he is such a, um, maybe, I don't know, slave to routine is the right way, or slave to the process, that even though he is potentially you know, trying to, fighting for his job, he's not going to deviate from what they think is the right thing. I mean, do you think they're on the right track? Do you think that these guys have a have a winning plan from what you've seen and the kind of conversations that you've had uh, and being around the team for, for the time that you have? I'm not that smart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've seen all kinds of alleged plans and so many of them are, 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 you know, their success or failure depends on health, first of all. And, and uh, you know, one of the, I guess one of the things that might be a little concerning, and when I say concerning, I don't mean me personally, because really I have no horse in this race. I, I really don't care what they do. Uh, I'm not rooting mm-hmm. for them. But um, I wonder whether there might be too much emphasis on uh, on the expectation or the projection that all these so-called kids are going to march up the hill in lockstep uh, because it's so rare that it happens. I mean, maybe with a group like this, it's more likely to happen. But, I mean, as you guys know, uh, particularly young players, they don't advance. You know, they're... they're uh, their their uh, what's the word I'm looking for their their gauge, it you know the line doesn't go straight. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They 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 rise and they fall and and sometimes they fall back to AAA, uh, and and so it would not surprise me if uh, you know they don't live up to their quote unquote promise in the second year. Actually, mm-hmm. I guess one guy would surprise me if that didn't happen, and that's Bo, but. Um, but you know, in term, you know, even Vlad, I, I like. I think that uh, there's no there's no guarantee that all these guys are going to uh, advance uh, together. Uh, and when you're putting so much stock in uh, in in youth, uh, you know, you as a lot of people have written, uh, you just have to have the complementary pieces. And the question is. How good are those pieces going to be uh, in in this if you acquire them in this off season? And when do you go, you know, for the bigger, you know, the the, the bigger fish? Uh, mm-hmm. It's and and you know who wants to come to Toronto among the free agents and all those questions that I don't have to tell you guys about. Uh, so if the plan, I mean, the plan seems to be. Build around youth, mm-hmm. uh, deepen your farm system. Uh, you know, you get a good draft choice this year, uh, and then pick up the complementary pieces. Well, the last part, you know, the last part of that is going to be the tricky one. Um, and so, you know, when you ask me about the plan, that sounds like the plan. But uh, mm-hmm. if you're not, if you're not committed to a certain timeline 
or you're not willing to commit to a certain timeline publicly, and maybe it's unreasonable mm. to expect that, uh, then it's really hard to assess the plan. You know, the playoffs are on right now, and, and we've, you know, even teams like the Dodgers, who made the back-to-back World Series and then, uh, you know, were bounced in the first round this year, the Astros, those teams are so good and so deep. And even even if Vlad and Bo and Kevin Biggio take, you know, big steps forward next year, and then, you know, you need them to take another big step forward the, the following year and then have a whole raft of complementary players just to get on those kind of levels. Like, those teams are so deep, and while it's so exciting to see Vlad and Bo and then, you know, Kevin Biggio maybe not on the same kind of level, for me... There's just still so much work to do if you want to get on the level of the elite teams in the league right now. Oh, my God. I mean, look at your own division. But, I mean, mm-hmm. isn't it great to see good baseball in the postseason? I just, I've just, I've not enjoyed watching baseball this much for a long time. Maybe it's because my recent long time has been the 2019 season with the Blue Jays. But, uh, <laughs> uh, man, I've just, I've really enjoyed watching these teams play and, but but you're absolutely right. I mean, that just proves what we've been talking about. Uh, to get to that level, the the both the both the shrewd acquisitions. I mean, look at the way the Rays were formed. It's like, what did I? I was looking it up the other day. That twenty seven or something of their forty man roster were acquired in trades. I mean, you know, everybody talks about developing for within, but you got to do mm-hmm. it all. You really got to do it all, which includes also spending money. For sure. Uh, you know, the, the last thing I want to ask you about is, uh, you know, something that I know that you are passionate about. And I know that uh, I'm not sure if it was last year, but it was one of my favorite pieces, a series of pieces. You wrote three just talking about catchers. You were you sat down and you were chatting with Russell Martin and Luke Maley then um, about uh, about the craft and about the job of catchers. Um, you know, a huge, a huge job, an, an ever-changing role, given uh, uh, the sheer number of pitchers that they see and and the unbelievable velocity and everything that they're dealing with every year. I mean, I, I look at at Danny Jansen and and Reese McGuire, and I see uh, you know what could be a pretty good tandem back there. What do you? What do you? What's your view of those two guys? I mean, I mean, uh, again, personally, I see Reese McGuire, and I just feel like he's a wonderful, wonderful defensive player. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that there's enough there to like maybe that's a position they could kind of set aside for now? Oh, I think so. Uh, I guess you know the question is, you know, how they're going to deploy them uh, next mm-hmm. year, assuming they're both here. Uh, but um, they are. I find well. You're right. I'm. I am as partial to catchers. I. I really love talking. I, I love talking to catchers because um, they tend to be the players who can break things down. Uh, you know, pitch sequences, all the nuances of of the, of the craft in a way that uh, that I find fun to write about. And and mm-hmm. and of course, I was such a great catcher myself. Um, <laughs> you and I both. Playing in, playing in the New Market Rec League um, for many years. And uh, I remember when I left that, that session with, with Martin and Maley saying to myself, man, I wish I knew then what I know now. I probably wouldn't have been any better, but I, I certainly would have felt like it. Um, 
And so mm-hmm. those guys, yeah, that was one of the best, one of the best interviewing experiences I've ever had. And I barely asked a question. Uh, those guys just, you know, took it and ran with it. But relating that to uh, McGuire and Jansen, they both are like that. They both are really uh, smart and they're both very interesting to talk to. I mean, I remember talking to uh, both of them about pitch sequencing and, 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 and things like that. And uh, McGuire, I didn't know McGuire very well. Um, I mean, I still don't know him very well. But when I went to talk to him about uh, a certain, it was just one at bat. And I was just mm-hmm. amazed at how, how he was, he was so insightful and, and, and really could explain his decision making uh, pitch by pitch in, in a certain at bat. Uh, you look at them though, they're very, they, they look like different kinds of catchers. I mean, Danny's so big, uh, mm-hmm. and, and Reese is more, uh, you know, small movements, more nuanced behind the plate. Uh, and Danny, Danny, is also a good defensive, both good defensive catchers, but Danny is, he's just, he's big. And so even if he's, if his movements are small, they look a little bigger. Um, mm. But he's, I mean, that's nobody's fault, obviously. And it's not a matter of which is better. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, those impressions kind of stuck with me. And, you know, Danny, played a lot of games and then all of a sudden he wasn't playing a lot of games and it was interesting to me i was looking up today some numbers danny jansen you know got off to a terrible start at the plate june 732 ops july 776 august 801 september 523 he played eight games so i was wondering whether you know, the rest would do him good because uh, he played so m- many games and he had so much, you know, you talk about all the pitchers and everything that he had to deal with. But I don't know what to make of that. I mean, it, but it wasn't, he certainly didn't improve with rest. Uh, meanwhile, McGuire, you know, after he had his four hit game, 990 OPS. Well, he played 24 games, so I don't even know what we can make of that. He certainly hit better than I thought he would. But I mean, if mm-hmm. he's a guy that can hit a little bit, I think they both could be number ones. It's not a bad problem to have where where you're trying to figure out who is the the, the guy that's going to catch the bulk of the games when you have confidence in both of them calling a good game and, and receiving a good game and, and throwing the ball well and accurately. And then, yeah, anything you can get from those guys at the plate is, uh, you know, Danny Jansen, that was sort of his um, calling card, but, but hopefully, uh, you know, it's, it's something definitely to keep an eye on and, and to keep watching into uh, 2020 as, you know, not, maybe not a settled position. It's if, if, uh, you know, Yasmani Grandal decided he wanted to really wanted to play for the Blue Jays, he's probably not going to say no, but uh, but uh, not a, not a bad problem to have. So, John, I think we're gonna we're gonna get let let you get out of here. But I do want to uh, uh, ask you about something that is not related to baseball. And you know, earlier this this uh, this fall, you wrote an incredible piece uh, about your son. So I, I was hoping you could talk a li- just a little bit about uh, about the Botford project and what people who are listening who might not know about it. Uh, what what do they need to know about what's going on in Vancouver? 
Um, yeah, my, uh, my son, Jason Bodgeford, um, uh, died in May. Uh, he was a, uh, uh, a very popular uh, hockey writer in Vancouver, covered the Canucks, um, you know, and had a really distinguished brand out there, uh, you know, writing for The Athletic and, and uh, radio and TV. And uh, so uh, the, uh, the Canucks and the hockey writers um, and uh, I'm forgetting somebody, uh, the hockey writers. Oh, and the athletic, of course, the athletic uh, <laughs> have um, have gotten together to sponsor uh, a, a product to kind of to, to well to keep his legacy alive. And uh, they they they're going through a selection process right now where they're going to pick ten applicants, ten aspiring hockey writers. Uh, and uh, the those who are chosen will get to spend a day uh, covering the Canucks, and they'll have a mentor from an ex- with a, you know an experienced uh, writer, a hockey journalist in Vancouver. Uh, they'll go to the morning skate. They'll go to the game. They'll do the uh, they'll cover the game and the post game uh, uh, scrums. And then they'll write a story, and with under the guidance of these mentors, and uh, uh, the Canucks will publish the story on their website, and and so uh, you know, at, on ten selected games uh, this season, uh, those guys will be guys, gals, whoever they are, will be uh, published under the auspices of the Botchford Project. Uh, and I think it's, you know, it's really the perfect, uh, the perfect kind of tribute to, uh, to Jason because he was a real champion of young writers. He, he, he encouraged them. He always responded when, when, they, when they contacted him. He got them hired places, including the athletic. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, a great, it's a great memorial to him. It is. It's a great project, and uh, obviously, John, we're so uh, sorry for your loss. But uh, we all admire your the grace that you've shown uh, here, just talking to us, and in the beautiful piece that you wrote for the Athletic. So, uh, John, thank you so much for taking the time, and I uh, hope you enjoy the off season. And we'll look forward to uh, to more of your bylines right up until spring training. Okay, thanks, guys. We want to say thank you to John Lott for joining us. I want to send a personal shout out to uh, the good people at Classic Grit. If you haven't checked out Classic Grit, check it out on, on Instagram, check it out on Twitter. If you like gear, you like baseball gear, uh, you know, just kind of baseball, like baseball lifestyle brand, check out Classic Grit. Awesome stuff. Awesome people. You getting, you getting hmm? kickbacks on that? What's going on here? Well, uh, they sent me a shirt and I love it. And <laughs> and again, they're good people. So okay. I'm just going to shut them out. I, 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 well, that's nice. The least I can do. The least. The least sure. I can do. And of course, continue reading Stout, Not the Athletic here. And if you are so inclined, you can read the Vlad Guerrero newsletter that I produce uh, for who knows how long. I'll keep going. I got a good post. I'm just writing, trying to write. But uh, well, I hear it's gonna, I hear it's gonna get skinnier next year. Well, he's they're they're like they're frog marching him into Dunedin in like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, listen, come on, like they, he, they're like he's gonna come, and he's gonna work out, he's gonna be in Dunedin, and then they're gonna he's gonna go down to the Dominican for the holidays, and then they're gonna drag him right back to Florida, which is um, 
again, like you don't, they've, they've definitely taken a different tone with, with, uh, with all of this stuff. They seem, I don't, I don't know if forceful is the right word, but, uh, maybe adamant, determined, whatever it is, they have, there's a plan and they're, he's going to work it. They, 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 they plan in their work and then they're all, they're going to work the plan. Um, but yeah, so read about Vlad. He's gonna he's gonna break down. He's gonna break down in a, in April, and the union's gonna be uh, mad at him because he's not getting paid for any of this. Uh, but anyway, but yes, uh, read John. Uh, read John Lot. Follow at Lot Baseball. Lot on Baseball on Twitter, and, uh, and re- baseball, yeah. read him on the at the Athletic. Read Stoughton. Uh, read Caitlin, who we had on last week, and uh, just you know, there's still lots of stuff to talk about, and that's the whole thing. The baseball season never stops, and enjoy the playoffs. Um, Yankees Astros is the, the now going to be the ALCS, which despite the two teams being odious, is going to be some tremendous baseball. Like there's a no yeah, doubt in my mind. Although I said that last year, I was so excited about the Red Sox and the Astros and the Red Sox absolutely steamrolled them. Like they weren't even there, which is very hard to believe. But uh, that's what happens when you're the best team I've ever seen. His, <laughs> his name is Andrew Stoughton. Thank you, Stoughton, for taking the time and joining me. And joining us and joining bringing us together here today couldn't have done it without you uh yeah thank you for having me do that <laughs> his name know. is Sorry, i'm just looking at simeon hmm? i'm just looking at simeon Wood, woods richardson posting his uh his pictures from the uh from the astros game here at the always oh, at the astros get, game get that get that organization out of your fucking Camera, please, <laughs> and Kloffenstein as well. Or go listen to the things that they're talking about, and then uh, steal all their ideas, and then go on home. <laughs> yeah. His name is Andrew. It seems Stone. to be wearing an. It seems like he's wearing an Astros jersey as well. Hold on a second. Come so, on, buddy. I smell a rat. Maybe he's wearing some. <laughs> some uh, anyway. Stoughton, my name is uh, Drew Fairservice, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. Again, we're going to keep it going. Uh, maybe not every week, but we'll be going straight on through, steaming ahead, full power through the offseason so keep it locked here on The Athletic uh, his name is Stoughton my name is Drew Fairservice we'll talk to you next time on Birds All Day